Welcome to the SCG Church Young Adults Podcast, where we get to bring you sermons and content to help bring you closer to Jesus, develop your faith, and keep you up to date with everything young adults. Join us Sunday nights at 7 p.m. in the SCG Church Warehouse for our young adult service, or at our main campus services. We hope you enjoy. Anyways, that being said, uh, guys, uh, welcome, like I said earlier, to Seacoast Grace uh, Young Adults. Matt, obviously, is not here. Uh, he wasn't feeling too well, and so he called me up to speak, but he will be back next week. Um, but with that being said, I have a question to ask you guys, and this is a pretty fun one, I think, personally. What was the best piece of advice that your parents gave you that you ultimately ignored? Turn to the person next to you or table, whatever it is, discuss amongst yourself for a minute or so, ready, set, go. Um, I have two, but I just thought of the other one just now, but I'm going to go into one of them with the, with a little story. But one I did is I got into a car with a stranger. Shouldn't have done that. That's a different story for a different time. But the other one I did, I was when I, this is when I was a kid. Now, growing up when I was a kid, I always would go over to my cousin's house to swim. He had like the biggest pool ever with a diving board and stuff like that. And so all of my favorite memories were at that place, especially during the summer, especially with pool parties or whatever it may be. And whenever you're near the pool, the first thing your parent tells you, or you may have heard this multiple times, is no running near the pool, right? We've all heard this before um, to some degree in some way. And my mom told me this this very day that when I was a kid, and she said, no running near the pool. Now, being a kid, it went in one ear and straight out the other. Just completely ignored it because I thought to myself, no, mom, like, I'm not one of those people that's going to slip and fall. Like, I'm good. Like, my feet have traction. Like, I'm, like, I'm chilling. And, well, little do we know, I slipped, I fell, and I bonked my head pretty hard. <laughs> pretty hard to the point where I almost had to go to the hospital. Now, the thing is, right, why did I, as a kid, obviously ignore my mom? Well, to be honest, like how I was kind of telling you, my justification is that I wanted to just do my own will. I wanted to be in control. I wanted to go, look, mom, it's not about you. I get it. You're, you're worried for me, but ultimately, I'm good. I got this. It's not going to happen to me, right? And then literally five seconds later, it does. And honestly, though, I, it was kind of interesting because... If we all look at it, right, we all struggle to listen to our parents, at least for the most part. Some of us have gone through this phase multiple times or whatever it may be. And the same is true with God, though. The same is true when it comes to listening to God is the hard part when it comes to listening to God's will, doing God's will instead of our own. Now, mind you, being a kid and running across a pool, right, is I want to do my will and not my mom's will. Now, my mom, she didn't trying to restrict me from the pool by any means, but she was just trying to keep me safe with this one little rule. Now, it's difficult at times, though, and I imagine we've all been there before, even I myself. I don't ever claim to be perfect on this stage. I'm not perfect by any means. But ultimately, 
we've all had difficult times when it comes to listening to God, <clears throat> especially God's will for our lives. That can be very difficult. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. It can be very difficult to do that. And some of you are going through this right now to where you're having a difficult time listening to God. Some of you did it maybe a month ago or last week, whatever it may be. We've all struggled with this idea of, of listening to God's will for our lives and kind of what he's trying to tell us. Now, let me ask you this question. What happens when we put off God to the last part of our day or we put off God entirely? What happens normally? Well, to be honest, <clears throat> ultimately when we put God's will last in our lives, it will change your character. It will change uh, your attitude, your behavior, uh, how you treat other people, and so on and so forth. You kind of fill in the blanks. But mainly, it will also change the relationships that you have with your friends or family or even your own relationships, maybe with your boyfriend or girlfriend, whoever it may be, it ultimately changes those relationships. See, here's the whole point of all this. We live in a world where there's two wills in this world. There's God's will, and then there's your will. See, when you stop seeking God's will first, you will ultimately start seeking your own. And this leads to, right into my next question is, Whose will are you seeking in your everyday life? Are you seeking your will and wanting to do what you want to do and trying to navigate your life on your own, telling people that don't worry, telling God like, hey, I got this under control. Like, let me just do my thing. I'm good. I got it. I don't need your help. Or are you seeking God's will for your life? Are you going to him with the biggest decisions or even the smallest decisions of your life and going, God, I need you. I need your help. I need your guidance in what I should do in this situation. <clears throat> you see, does it truly matter, right? The question to ask yourself, well, does it truly matter whose will I'm seeking? Can I just seek my own? Which you could. You definitely can. And you can seek your own will for your life, or you can seek God's will. For when you stop seeking God's will, and when you make him second in your life, or when you make him last, the last priority in your life, a few things will start to happen. Like I said earlier, number one, your character starts to change. And that's, uh, that's a pretty big one. I don't know about you guys, but personally, when I have gone a long time without talking with God or even spending time with him, I tend to get more impatient. I have a shorter fuse. I get angry a little bit more easily. I start to worry and have anxiety and feel like my life is kind of spiraling, especially when it comes to big and weighty decisions. And ultimately, right, that's what happens when we take God out of the picture. Our character can change by any means of how we treat others as well. Number two is you start to seek your own will, basically meaning you want to do what you want to do with your life. You want to live your life how you want to live it and not worry about what anyone else has to say or what a God has to say or what this 2,000-year-old book has to say because you want to live the life that you want to live and you want to have full control of what you want to do. And this goes with everything. 
Now, I, I'm curious because I want you guys to think about and to start looking at about the last time you spent time with God. When was that moment? And start looking at how much your character changed. Did you spend time with God recently? Or has it been a couple months since you spent time with God? Now, I'll be honest, I've, I've like I told you, like, I'm not perfect. Um, I've gone seasons where I would be preaching this word, but I haven't, I wasn't truly spending time with God. I wasn't diving into the word personally for my, for myself and for my kind of fulfillment. And I, that changed me. Like I told you, I, I would get angry a little bit more easily. I wouldn't understand, I would treat people differently. I wouldn't treat them like how Christians should be going out and treating others with love, grace, kindness, and patience. You see, that changed me dramatically, and it changed how I approached my family, my friends, and even my relationships. And I would go on to see the drastic change from when I wasn't spending time with God for that season to when I started spending time with God daily. It became something that I was, I was a totally different person. And that's a truly powerful thing that Jesus can do in your life. He can change you from one way to another. And it, to accurately understand this point, to understand kind of where everything is going, I want you to understand this too. Jesus was also struggling. There's a point in the Bible where Jesus was also in agony, and he was struggling about going to the cross. Not many people know this, or maybe you've kind of glimpsed through it or kind of just uh, skipped, skimmed through the passage. But in Matthew 26, verse 36 to 39, if you don't have your Bibles, I encourage you bringing one. Um, obviously, it's super important to get to know God, right, and not just know about God. And so it's super important to start bringing your Bibles and to understand the word of what God is saying. And ultimately, I want you guys to understand that, and that's super important, but it'll be up on the screens as well. And so it says this in verse 36. I'm in the NIV version. Matt uses the ESV version. He's smarter than me, so that goes to show that. But with that being said, let's dive in. Verse 36 says this. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, <clears throat> and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. So he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a, little, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. You see, this is a very powerful passage. And by the way, if you ever wanted to make up a story, you don't put the hero having this struggle you would, never put, you would never show the hero at his lowest point. And the interesting thing about this is that, the funny thing actually is that Jesus was struggling with this, but he reassured himself and said, no, Father, it's not my will be done, but your will be done. See, this, this is the point in the story where Jesus was in agony over what was going to take place at the cross. The physical pain, right? 
the separation from the Father, as well as the death of the crucifixion for the sins of the world. But Jesus, in his human nature, he still struggled. Now, I want to be clear on this to cause no confusion. Jesus was not rebelling against his Father's will when he asked that the cup of suffering and separation be taken away. In fact, he reaffirmed his desires, as you see later on towards the end of the verses, to do God's will by saying, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. We hear this all the time, right, in the, when, Jesus, when the disciples ask Jesus to teach them how to pray, right, and Jesus goes, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, let your will be done. And this is what Jesus reaffirms himself. This is what he shows us, that he reaffirmed his desire to do God's will for his life and not his own. See, it's important to understand that there will be moments in your life where you will want to do your will and not God's will. I can begin to tell you how many times of, uh, I wanted to do my own will when it came to uh, how I handle my finances or, or how I deal with certain situations and or big decisions that I had to make, and I wanted to do my will, and I say, no, God, don't worry about it. I got it. But ultimately, it was important to understand for me that God's will was important for my life, that ultimately he knew what was better for me. And it's important to understand that you will feel tempted to follow the crowd or even follow your own emotions. That can be tempting. I'm sure a lot of us in here have made purchases that are just sprung on you. Just the instant, no thought about it, you just swipe and you go, right? For me, um, that's, that is pretty much Chick-fil-A. After I spend $200 on groceries, I then go, you know, Chick-fil-A sounds kind of good right now, right? And I just remove everything that I just spent. I was like, yeah, I'm trying to save money, but you know Chick-fil-A, right? It sounds great. And in that moment, right, I'm letting my emotions control what I want to do. I'm letting my desires control how I want to live my life. And, and that can be, a lot of the times, dangerous. And so I want to, you guys to understand that God's will should be first in your life, not last. God's will should be first in your life and not last by any means. So what do we need to do with all that? How do we go about doing God's will first in our life and not last? Well, I have a few thoughts, three in particular. Number one is spending time with God. Seems like the pretty big one. And let me tell you this, you will not be able to hear God's voice for your life if you aren't spending time with him. So how can you go about spending time with him? Well, first off, you can kind of go to a community Church is super good. It's a great place to go and, and find other people like yourself to talk about the struggles that you're going through, and they can give you uh, helpful advice and, and being praying for you. Prayer is so powerful in what it can do in people's lives. But spending time with God is super important. Reading your Bible is also super, super important. And I say this because this is God's Word. As it says in 2 Timothy, all scriptures God breathed. And ultimately, how we get to know God, how we get to know about God is through his word. How we get to know God is also through his word. And if you're struggling right now with understanding God's will for your life, 
If you're understanding or doing, trying your best to figure out, ah, why can't I hear you, God? Are you opening this up? This is God's word. Yeah, it's, it's a 2,000-year-old book, but let me tell you how many times this book has spoken to my life, and I go, I was literally just doing that last week, especially through the book of Proverbs. That stuff will call you out real quick. And I can't begin to explain how many times the Bible has shown me also, too, like how to pray. Like when you, I encourage you guys to do your best to read through the Psalms. It's a beautiful book that shows uh, how David, right, expressed sorrow. We also see Jesus obviously express sorrow in Matthew, but we see also David yelling to God in anger because of what is happening. But we also see him praising God even, the, even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst when his anxiety and burdens are overwhelming him and he's surrounded by soldiers all around him, we see him praying to God and giving glory to him for his God is his refuge. Because it's important to understand that in Psalm chapter 1, it talks about meditating on his word day and night. And we have to ask ourselves this question, are we meditating on his word day and night? I'll be honest with you, it's a struggle for me to wake up early in the morning and to meditate on God's word. There are days where I do and there are days where I don't. And I want you guys to understand that it can be hard, but it's important to have that discipline, to have that obedience, because this is how you get to know kind of God's will for your life and how God can also speak to you is by reading your Bible a lot more and obviously through prayer, right? Prayer is super important because God wants to build an intimate relationship, a re intimate relationship with you. Like a father to a son or a father to a daughter, he wants to build that intimate relationship with you. Look, I'm gonna be honest, you know, you can know about God, just like how you know about your best friend. You can know what color they like, what food they like, or whatever it may be. But to know your best friend, you have to spend time with them. To know your best friend's insecurities, their biggest fears, what they struggle with, that takes an intimate relationship. And the same is true with God. He wants that intimate relationship with you. He wants you to come to him in the, in the joyful times and even in the hardest of times. And so that's a beautiful thing that we get to honestly be able to do. We get to go to the creator of the universe, the creator of our earth, the creator of you, as it says also in Psalms that he knitted you together in your mother's womb and be able to talk to him about the stuff that we're going through. It's truly a beautiful thing. Prayer is super important. It's super powerful. And if you're ever having a hard time prayer, praying and you're feeling like your words are just bouncing off the ceiling, I've been there. There have been multiple studies and, and stuff like that that have been done that have helped people learn how to pray more. Um, I was reading this article in a Christian psychology journal, and it talked about how people would, um, they would move their chair. They had a desk chair in their room, or they would find a chair or whatever, and they would move it in front of them. And they would imagine God sitting in that chair, and they would help them kind of talk it out. Now, mind you, you should probably do that with your door closed, because if people walk by... Uh, get the wrong idea. But ultimately, if you have a great imagination, there have been times where people have picked their favorite place that they ever went to, and they would walk down. One person stated that they pictured a lake with a dock, 
and that they would walk down to this dock, and at the end of this dock would be Jesus, and they would sit down right next to Jesus and start talking. Obviously, prayer journals are really, really good because they can help you keep track of your prayers and go back to it. My wife, she had a prayer journal that was like four years old, and she was looking through it, and she realized that prayers were answered and prayers were not answered, or prayers were still waiting. And prayer journals are super good as well. Prayer is a powerful thing that can change people's lives forever. And when you pray for others, that's super important, especially praying for your family, praying for your friends, or praying for your loved ones. It can go a long way. Number two is uh, change your priorities. This is a pretty big one. Um, obviously, running high school ministry here at Seacoast is high schoolers have some pretty big priorities. It's sports, school, pretty much that's it. Um, and they put all of that way above. And so I want to ask you, do you prioritize God in your daily life? Do you prioritize him at all? Or do you prioritize your own desires and your own will? Are you focused too much uh, maybe on your phone, a little too much, and you're prioritizing your phone over God's will, and you've been scrolling, you realize you've been scrolling for like an hour or two because you've gone through this black hole of whatever it is from any social media platform. Are you prioritizing, or maybe you prioritize school? Now, I know some of you in here are in college, some of you in here aren't, but are you prioritizing that? Or are you prioritizing your job? That's a dangerous thing too. You're running a thin line if you're prioritizing your job from on the, on the verge of becoming a workaholic. You want to be careful with that. And ultimately, we have to understand what we prioritize is what matters to us in our, in, in our hearts. There's an old saying, maybe Matt has said this before. I don't know, I don't remember. But there's a, there, there's a saying where uh, if you show me your receipts, I'll show you what, you're, what you prioritize. Obviously, for the most part, most of us, if you're like me, it would be like fast food for days. Um, but ultimately, right, maybe it's uh, some shoes you bought. Maybe it's, it could be whatever it is, but you can really see what you prioritize when you kind of go through your bank statements. The, the third one is remove distractions, and this is a pretty big one because you have to ask yourself, what is distracting you that is making you put God last in your life? What is distracting you that is making you put God last in your life or in your day? Like I said earlier, is it any of the social media platforms? Is it YouTube? Whatever it may be, are you watching videos and videos on end to where you're just become distracted? Are you, sit, are you laying in your bed for an hour just scrolling through reels and whatnot, just not wanting to get up? See, this is, these are all questions you have to ask yourself. Are you playing too, are you playing too many, uh, are you spending too much time playing video games to the point to where you're going, almost pulling all-nighters or you're spending four hours or five hours playing video games and you could be doing so much more with that time? Or maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe your friends are causing you to be distracted from what you should be doing, or maybe they're getting you to do things that you know that you should not be doing, but you get, unfortunately, peer pressured into it. Are they distracting you from spending time with God? See, it's funny, uh, we had Jeremy Lin come and speak here a while back, 
and um, and he was telling us that back during the height of his fame, when he was on the New York Knicks and Lynn Sanity was the craze, he was telling us that in New York City, obviously, it's the city that never sleeps. And so his teammates came up to his room and said, hey, do you want to come out to a party with us? We're, we're about to go. You're super famous, so obviously people will adore you. They'll love you and stuff like that. And what he told them was, I am not going to go. I need to spend an hour with God first. And if I feel like going, I'll catch up with you later. See, right there, he was prioritizing God over his friends, over his teammates. And that right there is really hard to do. I mean, I'm sure that took a lot of courage from him because being the star that he was at that time, that can get into any one of our heads. But he was wise enough and understood enough that I needed to spend an hour with God first because I haven't gotten to do that today. Or is it maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend? Is it a relationship to, it can be distracting. Um, a simple one, right, is if you're sleeping around, that's also a distraction because that's distracting you from God. Another one is, are they leading you to be more like Christ or less like Christ? And to be more like Christ, if they're leading you in that way, they, you would be reading your Bibles, you'd be telling each other about what you learned and, and all that stuff. Or are they leading you to be less like Christ where they're pulling you away and maybe you haven't spent time with God in months and now you don't know what to do because you feel like you maybe can't go back to God or whatever it may be. See, it's important to remove distractions. It's important to understand that, especially when going into prayer, doing Bible studies, whatever it may be. Remove your phone from wherever you're sitting and just open up your word. Remove any distractions that could cause you to stumble. Now, despite everything I just said, there will always be a struggle. Let's be honest. You will always struggle to follow God's will for your life and to put God first and not last. You will always struggle with this because Christianity is not easy. As Paul tells Timothy in the books of Timothy, he tells them to run your race because it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not the 100-meter dash full-blown marathon. And you have to understand that Christianity, there will be times where you will struggle, but Christians are those who endure. And endurance builds up that character. I need you guys to understand that it's super important that, yes, we will struggle, and yes, we will stumble. And sure, we might even slip and fall, but you have to understand that just like how Jesus put his hand down to lift Peter up out of the water. His hand is right there for you as well. You just have to choose to take it. I know it can be hard at times, especially when we mess up, and especially when we feel like we may not even feel like God will even want to talk to us at that point, but I encourage you to go to him, for he is a loving father, a good and gracious king, full of mercy and love and forgiveness. And that can be hard to understand at times when we struggle and fall down, especially if the enemy is chirping in our ear and telling us he doesn't want you, he doesn't love you. But let me tell you, the enemy is wrong if that is the case in your life. For God does love you and he cares about you. 
Matthew eleven twenty eight. It talks about how you cast all your worries and burdens and anxiety onto him for he cares for you. That's a beautiful thing. And in the book of Isaiah, it talks about how he gives you peace. And in John three sixteen, it talks about how he gives you eternal life. And those are very beautiful things that if we were to put God first in our life and not last, we would understand those promises a little bit more. And at the end of the day, you will either follow your will or you will follow God's will. Now, like I said, again, questions may be popping up in your head of why do I need to follow God's will? Well, when you're not putting God first in, in your life and just pushing him off to the sidelines, when we want to follow our will in our lives and instead of God's, you get, you'll get consumed by your distractions. Your priorities will change, and you'll eventually begin to spend less and less time with God to the point to where you won't spend any time with Him anymore, and it'll become just a distant piece of what you used to do. See, the reason why so many of us here claim that I don't feel God, or maybe I, or I haven't felt God in a while, and I would argue that our phones and our friendships and maybe even our activities become more of a priority than actually wanting to spend time with God or wanting to put God first or even to let alone spend time with Him. See, which begs the question, how are you able to feel God or know what God wants for your life? Well, if you hardly spend any time with Him, how will you be able to understand the will and what He has for your life? That's super important. Spending time with God is really important when it comes to understanding what He wants for your life. So what if you don't believe? Now, just because everyone's in this room, I'm not going to assume that everyone in here is a Christian. That would be wrong of me. So what happens if you don't believe and you're in this room? Well, first off, welcome. Um, I say this all the time, uh, that if you're new here and you're looking for a perfect church, we are not a perfect church. We are an imperfect church filled with imperfect people just doing our best to live a life that follows Jesus. Like I told you before, I'm not perfect by any means, but I want you guys to understand here tonight that I'm really glad you're here. And you're probably wondering how any of this even applies to you or even how or why you should follow God's will and not your own, or why you should put God first and not last in your life. And I think the, there's, there's obviously, that's important, but this is a bigger conversation overall that I would love to have with you. But if I could sum it up in one sentence, it would be this. By putting God first, you will start to see a change in your life, your relationships will start to change, and even your character, because Jesus truly changes everything in every single aspect of your life. Your families will start to notice the difference. Your friends will start to notice the difference. Maybe even if you're in a relationship, they will start to know a difference in how you act, how you talk, and what you do, and kind of your morals and also your values. See, our lives will always be defined by our relationship with God. When we live outside of God's will, we experience the worst of this world. But when we seek and do God's will, we get to bring heaven on earth. And that's super important. Yes, God is number one in our lives, but honestly, to be honest with you, I don't want to put God as number one in my life. I want to make him my life. I want him to understand that 
hey, he is all that I have. God's in a different category. And I want to make him my life, to go after him, not to just put him at number one, but to make him my life in everything that I do. See, when we seek God's will daily, we're building a relationship and we are opening our eyes to the possibilities of what of the kingdom and we're building a, a, a reliance on God and that is what defined and that is what defined Jesus and what he did. That's what also defined Moses. Look, if you look at Moses and Jesus, Jesus, the more time he got busy, the more and more crowds started to form, the more time he spent with God. Moses, especially, the more he got busy, he went into silence and solitude and spent time with God. He walked away from everyone, wanted to be by himself and just to spend time with God. And Moses was known for spending time with God, not just parting the waters. You see, this is what defined Jesus and what he did. And this is what should also define us as followers to let God's will be done and not ours. And that can be difficult. Because when you pray that prayer and you go, Lord, let your will be done and not mine, you will start to see the things that you're going to hold on to. And you're going to have a death grip on. And you have to be willing to let that go. And that can be a difficult thing to do. But I promise you, once you do, you'll start to understand that there's more to life than just this one thing that you have grasped in your hands. Ultimately, as we wrap up today, I want you to know, and here's kind of, uh, I guess, quote-unquote, your homework, I guess. Uh, I want you this next week to start going to God in prayer. Look, if you can spend five minutes watching a video, you can spend five minutes with God. That's all I'm asking. You just do. You just spend, start off with five minutes. And if you're a new believer, and if you're maybe new to the faith, start off small. Don't go like the full hour. Start off small. Or maybe you're coming back into it. Start off small. Whenever I used to go running, I would never go out and run a full mile. I would start off in small increments to build back up to where I could get to that point. You should also be starting off small as well. If you haven't been spending time with God, just spend time with Him for five minutes. Like I said, the book of Proverbs is a great place to do that, or even Psalms, where you can spend time with Him. And just for that five minutes a day is a great way to spend time with God. And I want you to understand, too, that ultimately, when you spend time with God, and I, I, I don't want you to lose sight that just because maybe you've done something in the past or whatever it may be, that maybe you feel like, well, that's great, Rob, but like ultimately, I'll do my best to do God's will, but I don't know, can he even still use me anymore? And let me tell you that he can. Because if you look all throughout Scripture, we see characters in the Bible that were still used. Abraham was too old, but God still used him. Jacob was a liar, but God still used him. Moses, many of you don't know, he actually had a stutter, and but God still used him. David obviously committed adultery and murdered his best friend, but God still used him. Jonah ran away from what God was calling him to do, but God still used him. See, Paul went out of his way and killed Christians, but God still used him. 
Timothy was too young, but God still used him. You see, there are many things, in the, there are many characters in the Bible where, honestly, if you look at it, you'd go, oh my gosh, I can't believe God used them. And the same is true for you. God can still use you in everything. God can still use you in everything, in every situation, in your friends' lives, in your family's lives, because we are called to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Look, we're not here to be liked. We're here to be a light. And if people unfollow you because of what you post on Instagram about Jesus and everything like that, so be it. You pray for them. And you move on. Because we're called to be a light of this world. We're not called to be liked. And it will be difficult and it will be hard at times and there will be temptations and there will be struggles. But ultimately we have to understand that God has a better path for our life. And at the end of the race, at the end of the day, when you start to get close to that finish line, you'll see the flourishing relationships that you've built up in the past, but you'll also get to the end where you see God and he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Just like how Paul says at the end of Second Timothy, I believe, where he talks about, I have finished the race, I have fought the good fight, and now he's moving forward. And so like I said today, start spending time with God, reconnect with him, understand his will for your life, because he can truly change you and everything in your life. He can change you and everyone even around you if you just give him a shot. With that being said, let me pray for us. Put your arm around someone if you want. Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, just for all these amazing uh, people in this room. Lord, I just pray that you please just be with them. Of course, keep them safe tonight, Lord, as they go home and keep them healthy. And Father, I just pray you please help them just to, just to understand, to know that you are a God of love, care, and mercy. And you want that intimate relationship with us, like a father to a son and a father to a daughter. And I just pray that you would just please be with them. Help them to understand. For all those maybe who haven't spent time with you, like how I have so many times before, that you would just go out of your way and just tap them on the shoulder and that they would get the encouragement to go back to you and to understand the will and what you have for their life and the purpose you have for them. And so, Father, I just pray that you please be with us Guide us in your word and help us to understand what it is you want us to do for your kingdom to be the light and salt of the earth and to make your name known even more. And so, Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the SCG Church Young Adults Podcast. For more information about our services, events, and ways to get involved, head on over to scgchurch.org. Thanks again for listening.